This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, everyone. My guest today is a dancer, choreographer, actor, and singer who won Dancing with the Stars six times. Here's Derek Huff. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to Unqualified with your host, Anna Ferris. Hi! Hello! Thank you so much for doing this today. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Let's launch into it. Are you in Vegas right now? No, I'm actually in LA, um, back home. And we did a Vegas residency for a long time, actually. Like, we did like 80-something shows. Oh, but, my uh, God. No more. We're good. We're home. We're happy. Good. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You just got engaged. Yes. Yes. I have so many thoughts about weddings. Oh, tell me, please. I need to know. I will. <laughs> and I want to ask you like the corny stuff like, how did you propose? Which I also have strong feelings about because it is a very odd tradition to just be like, right. surprise, here's the biggest decision of your life. What do you think? Make it right now. Yeah. <laughs> and go. I will say with the proposal, Haley made it very, very clear. Like when people do public displays, you know, like at football games or baseball games or shows on stage, she was just like, please don't, don't ever do that. Please don't ever do that to me. <laughs> I love her. I love her already. Tell me about the proposal. Okay, so the proposal, one thing is this. It's like, I've never been able to surprise Haley. One, I'm just a terrible liar. She can see right through me. So, you know, planning surprises has always been a challenge. So long story short, I got my friend who's an amazing helicopter pilot. And I told him, I said, hey, call Haley and say that you want to surprise me with like an adventure for my birthday. So Haley was like, oh, I'm planning this whole surprise for you, Derek. I'm going to do this helicopter trip. We're going to fly to Yosemite. And Yosemite is like a very special place for us. And we're landing in these like places that you can't even get to Ugh. and stuff. So it was this beautiful adventure. And she's all excited because she thinks she's giving you a gift. Exactly. And that was the only way I was able to get her out of the house for like eight hours because I had planned about doing like a proposal abroad or somewhere exotic and beautiful. But I was like, wherever we go, I'm going to have to like do it up and do flowers and candles and all the things. And I was like, well, why don't we just do it at home? Because we're always so happy to be home. And that's kind of where we built our life was in this room. So I got her out of the house on this helicopter trip. Did you pretend to be in the know? Or was she like, I have a surprise for you? No, no. She was like, I got a surprise for you. You know, this is amazing. This is the best engagement story I've ever heard. Please go on. (laughs) I was so fortunate. I was like, oh, gosh, I had great people help me out with it. And then meanwhile, we're out flying around, you know, California in this helicopter and all the furniture is being moved out of the house. This giant array of flowers and candles and things are being laid out everywhere. So we get home after this long day and we're actually driving up to the house and she's like, I am just nauseous and I'm hungry and I'm tired. And I'm driving like, I know we're about to walk into this like magical, like, you know, moment. And she's like, can we just stop it in and out? She's like, what do you want, babe? I'm going to order some from Postmates, you know? <laughs> and I was like, uh, you know, let's just wait till we go home. And anyways, we get into the house and there's music playing. And one of my buddies like had the playlist going and I had all the music set out and he like pushed play at the right time. 
But she was wearing this crazy lime green sweater thing. And I was even in the morning, I was like, hey, babe, you, you sure you sure you want to <laughs> want to wear that yeah. sweater? I know that feeling. Yeah. Anyway, so she walks in and I just gently like take off that lime green thing and throw it to the side. <laughs> and I think she obviously understood and she was emotional. And then I just kind of look over in this like room and there's my friends. They're like with cameras, like in the darkness, just filming this moment. And it was beautiful. It was really, really beautiful. Derek, I feel like you could definitely make a living planning amazing engagements. I don't know. I feel like that was like a one and done because after it happened, I was like, she was surprised. I did it. All right. Yeah. That was my biggest worry, you know, my biggest concern, but it all happened. We were very, very happy. That is just <laughs> incredible. And now everyone until your wedding is going to be asking you about it, of course. Yes. And my thing with weddings is that people show their hand. And I don't know how high maintenance the aunts or the cousins or the people that will choose to be offended about something stupid. Right, right, yeah. And then the people that will extend their generosity in a way that will surprise you. I'm on my third and last marriage, Derek, so I feel yeah. this might be the one area I'm sort of qualified in. <laughs> but here are my suggestions. The first step is what size, because then it's the venue. Yeah. And ideally, it's like, between 100 to 150. Mm -hmm. But that is an impossible number. Yeah, yeah. How are you feeling? Are you like 350? Are you like four? No, 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 no. Honestly, I think 180 is like absolute max. Yeah. Max, max, max. I actually have no problem with being sort of like, okay, I haven't seen them in 15 years. Oh, good. We're good. Like, I don't need to invite every aunt, uncle. Oh, good. Step cousin. Like, I don't feel the pressure of that. That's so wise. But also because I have a huge family. So just my immediate family is already like 500 people. So it's It's like, wow. So they won't be offended? They won't be mad? I mean, they might be. They will. And they'll hold it against you for the rest of your yeah. life. But that's okay. Yeah. But the <laughs> bottom line is too, and here's the thing. It's I am much more of a people pleaser okay. than Haley is. Even when we're planning the wedding and different ideas, I'm like, well, I want to make sure that's convenient. And I want to make sure that they have places to stay. That's like, it's easy. And and she's like, yeah, no, that's important. But also like the most important part is the actual ceremony and the wedding part for us. But with that said, the family dynamic is different because her family is very small, right? She has one older brother. Uh -huh. I have like 50 nieces and nephews. and Utah, baby. Utah, baby. Yeah. Every time I go back, there's a new baby. Literally. I'm like, who's this new creature? I mean, oh my gosh. But yeah, I don't feel like the pressure of Good. feeling like I have to invite every single person that's ever come in contact with me. I essentially eloped but then would have a big party for everybody. Mm -hmm. But at the big party, there's no time to eat. And I made the mistake during one of these marriages yeah. <laughs> to let everybody have an open mic. Right. And I made the mistake of serving really strong cocktails. Right. Like as everybody was arriving. <laughs> so all during dinner, like it's impossible to have these wasted people be talking at you for like 30 minutes with a microphone. Yeah. And still eat. Yeah. <laughs> because you kind of have to like make eye contact. And I also found that, like, my parents' friends took up a lot of my time when I wanted to kind of be with people that I was closer to. But I kind of love it that you were drawn to somebody with a smaller family. Will you tell me how you guys met and fell in love? Yeah. Well, we actually met um, dancing. We met on tour. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. For some reason, I assumed that all dancers know each other at birth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Our first kiss was actually on stage on like a last show. We did this like romantic dance. It's like rumba, the dance of love. 
And at the very end of it, all the dancers on the side of the stage be like, kiss, kiss. And we actually, yeah, we ended up having our first kiss on stage. And we have like a YouTube video where we recreated the dance and recreated that moment now. I didn't see that one. Yeah, it's a really sweet sort of video that we wanted to do. So sort of like go back to like where it all began. But it's funny because our relationship is unique in the sense of, you know, people are always like, at the beginning, it's the honeymoon phase. And you're just like seeing rose petals and colors. Ours wasn't like that. Ours was like, I'm not really if I'm into you that much. And I don't know if I like you. And like, let's just kind of see what's going on. And it was very off and on for a while. And in fact, I'm almost pretty sure it left my lips at one point. But like, oh, I could never be with a girl like her. <laughs> but it must have been spicy, that feeling of like friction, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. It was just weird. I think I just know I was in a certain place in my life where, I don't know, I wasn't really, I don't know. You sort of have these ideas and expectations of who you think the right person is for you. And like, oh, this is the type of person that's for me. And it was also very surprising, you know? Honestly, the way I describe a relationship is that we've had like several different relationships within our relationship. I think it was Esther Perel, who's like this relationship guru. She's amazing. Yeah, and- she is. She's been on the podcast. I got schooled. Oh, she's she's incredible. <laughs> she's hardcore. <laughs> I know. She's amazing. But I'll never forget what she said. She said like, in our lives, we'll have multiple relationships. And that could be with other people or it could be multiple relationships with the same person. And I heard that and I was like, that actually makes a lot of sense because I really feel like we've had so many different versions of what this relationship is. And eventually we got to a place where like, oh, this is it. Like, this is the one. This is like home. Yeah. And also it was a good thing to see of like, wow, we've been through a lot. And some things that were like the worst of the worst. I'm like, wow, if we can get through that, I feel like we could probably get through anything. So on top of just growing the love and growing together, it's turned out pretty good. But you're right. The wedding planning, that's a vibe. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And especially coming from like large family with like a smaller family, like how is the family, does everyone feel a lot of support? Yeah, all good. You know, if anything, it's just the dynamics of, again, we'll see when we get closer to it, when we right. actually start making the invites. But we uh-huh. haven't done the invites and we haven't done all that stuff yet. So, you know, get back to me on that because I might be like, oh my God, it's a nightmare. But as of right now, we haven't even got to that point just yet. Yeah, of course. I know. And I'm sorry to even just like launch right into it because you're going to have like a year of this. But I will say the thing that already is like on our radar is family or people we know that were together at one point. And we love them both, but they're no longer together. And they're like, how do we navigate that? And how do we like sort of make sure we bring them both into the same environment and we love them both? But it could be awkward for them. And this is where I think my advice would be leave it up to them. Just love them and just do that thing. And it will be interesting, the people that are needier, you know? Sure. Yeah. And also, I realize that for me, I'm a guy. And also, my dad has probably 50 weddings, you know, with the kids and children. Right, right, right. Stepkids. And even their kids now are getting married. So your parents are divorced. Yes. When did they get divorced? About 25 years ago, maybe. I was about 10 years old, 11 years old, something like that. How did you guys handle that? You know, at that time, it was interesting because obviously I grew up in Utah, which is a specific type of community. I like how you put that. That was kind of beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) And it was one of those communities where, at least the way I was raised, that divorce was sort of the… A failure. An absolute failure. And also just like a spiritual failure. Like it was just all these things surrounding this. You made this commitment before God, before your loved one. Yeah. And also the judgment that went around it. Uh Even as a young boy, you know, hearing that like my mom's damn for all eternity now or all these different things. I was like, wait, wait a minute. What? what?" Were you angry? Did you feel manipulated? Because a lot of kids do, you know, it's hard. 
And did you feel yourself sort of wavering? I guess, are you the moderator of the family? Are you the peacekeeper? Or are all you guys kind of peacekeepers? I mean, I love your sister. I met her just once on a plane back yeah. in the Super Bowl, and I just love her so much. <laughs> She's amazing. Um, You know, I was such a young boy. I was like 10 years old. But at that time, I felt like I was very supportive of what was going on. Yeah, I feel that from you. I was sort of like, hey, you know what? If that's going to make you happy— but then on the flip side, it was also devastating because, you know, you see your father as this like stoic, indestructible human being all your life. And then also there's this moment where you see this vulnerability from him. And it scares you because you're like, wait a minute, this was like the one thing that I feel like was, you know, impenetrable, strong. And then to hear him be tearful and cry and hear him through the wall, like that stuff, like really was like, oh. There is like this particular heartbreak between the ages of like 9 to 13 where you start to realize how fallible adults are. Yeah. And you're like, oh, oh, wait a minute. I remember feeling like between my teachers, I was starting to realize we're bitter. I remember like for the first time, and I was such a late bloomer, but if I was walking to school or something— I would see drivers like checking out my ass. I did not have an ass. I still don't. <laughs> but it was like this, oh my God, people are like, I can't trust anybody. It wasn't quite that clear or necessarily that cynical, but there is that specific period in time where it's like, oh, not everything is safe. Yeah, you feel that. And I think you feel the dynamics. You know, after they separated, we moved into a, an apartment complex and they actually lived across from each other. So it was like my mom lived here, my dad lived here. And I was such a mama's boy growing up, meaning she was always there, you know. And then all of a sudden, I ended up living with my dad across the hall. <laughs> but it was definitely a time where it was like such a strong family unit to being sort of like everybody was scattered all of a sudden. Right. Did they fight a lot? No, actually, it wasn't like one of those situations where it was like, oh, this is just bound to happen. It felt like it kind of came out of nowhere. Right. Which is wild. The whole divorce thing, that whole dynamic, again, being brought up to believe that it was the worst thing that could ever happen to being and realizing like, oh, wait, this is actually good. This is healthy. This is actually for, you know, you see relationships that we stay together forever. And you're like, man, I wish they would just. I know. Be happy. You know what I mean? Instead of like suffer <laughs> together. Yeah. Like the pride of the longevity of a marriage yeah. is at a high cost at times. Yeah, well said. I think having a good go, you know, at it. And I think that there's a lot of tools and a lot of sort of knowledge and a lot of modalities and just wisdom out there that I think can benefit and help relationships. I forgot to tell you the most important advice. Yes, tell me. Which I bet you're already into. I always feel like, especially if you have any kind of wedding, unless it's just the two of you, which is my favorite kind, <laughs> but is to immediately go on a honeymoon, like the next day. Right. Because there's a December 26th feeling of like, what do we do now? Like all of our focus has been towards the thing. All of our conversations has been towards the thing with everybody in your life, you know, mm -hmm. and I would truly leave the next day. Thank you for that because actually I've heard that from somebody else and I was like, is that that important? Hearing it like that, it that is. makes a lot of sense. You got to like regroup. Yeah. You have to like talk about all this stuff and you have to be someplace beautiful where you're relaxed and that you're looking forward to going to. Yeah. It's funny, like Italy. I don't know oh, why. Oh, yes. I go to Italy. I didn't know if that was your thing. Italy, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Like Lake Como or something oh, like yeah. that. Oh, yeah. 100%. He's <laughs> popping up on my feed. I'm like, uh, is this telling us something? Do we need to do this? Yeah. Yes. Lake Home, uh, Bellagio, uh, forget about it. <laughs> forget about it.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, how's it going? Great. I'm here with Derek, and I can't thank you enough for your letter. Will you tell us what's going on? Yeah, so uh, last year, or a couple of years ago now, I met somebody, and it kind of started off pretty slow, and then it turned into something pretty hot and heavy for a little over a year. Matt, forgive me, just so I get the story straight. When did you meet this person? 2020. Oh, man. All right. So we launched into quarantine. Did you meet this person over a dating app? No, it was during the pandemic, during quarantine time, and we worked together, kind of not in the same company, but in the same facility. So it was just kind of like repetitive, you know, one of the only people I saw. <laughs> right, right, right. Okay. Proximity. Yeah. Yeah. So things got pretty hot and heavy pretty quickly. Yeah. So they were going through a divorce and I was kind of out of a long-term relationship for a couple of years and ready to get things rolling again. And we just kind of unexpectedly like met and went for it. Like during the loneliest time of our lives. Yeah. Yes. That was a whole trifecta. You're like recovering from a heartbreak. They're going through a divorce and we have quarantine. Yeah. <laughs> it's time for good sex. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Caution to the wind. Let's just uh-huh. go for it. Yeah. Uh-huh. So yeah, that happened and it was great. And they're originally from Texas and they wanted to head down and be with family and go back to school and kind of focus on themselves a little more. So I was like, all right, let's go. Wait, so you were like, I'm going to move. I'll go to Texas. Yeah, I helped, I helped move them to Texas. Oh, and boy. then I was going to quit my job, my bands, like all my stuff that I was doing and was making plans. So that started happening. Oh, this is a burn. <laughs> okay, sorry, yeah. go on. Makes you a better person though, Matt, but it is rough. Okay, so sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I appreciate it. <laughs> So, yeah, I don't know. Something just kind of happened. There was a few months interim where she was down in Texas. I was still here, but we were going back and forth. I'd spent like almost a month down there and she would come back every month for like a week or so. And then like out of nowhere, it just kind of fell apart. And with that, I fell apart. Yeah. You were planning a future. Right. And I had, like, never done that previously in any other relationship. Like, I was always pretty selfish and, like, didn't care about my partner, unfortunately. (laughs) What an incredible thing to recognize in yourself. When you said, like, you know, it came out of nowhere, if you were to think of something or if you were to say there was something that you might think might have caused this separation or this distance, what would you say it could be? You know what I mean? 
Uh, they had to do a business trip down to Miami at that time. And I don't know, they just like disappeared. They were very busy. <laughs> and that was like the first time in our relationship where we weren't texting or calling all day back and forth. And we went almost two weeks of like nothing. Oh, no. <laughs> Can we call her Sarah? Is that okay? Yeah, sure. Okay, so Sarah, mm-hmm. I was actually going to ask another thing too because this actually kind of reminds me of a relationship I was in actually where, like you said, I dropped everything and I catered to everything. And I was like, I'm being the best guy ever because I'm like, whatever she wants, I'm there. Whatever she needs, I'm there. And after the relationship ended, heartbroken, by the way, devastated, I totally feel for you, man. I understand that feeling. Thank you. But I realized what I did was I sacrificed my passions. I sacrificed what I was doing. And by doing that, I think… She lost that attraction because I stopped having my passions. I stopped doing the things I wanted to do. Yeah, I was like, what are you talking about? I'm so thoughtful. I'll do these things. What I realized is that I stopped doing me essentially. And that was kind of what she was attracted to, I guess. Yeah. And being around family. I think that is like her… Oh, right. Safety. Yeah, exactly. The safety and security and like whatever that element is. So, Matt, did she have an affair or do you even know? We talked about it and basically she came back and was just like, that's it. I can't do this anymore. And I was kind of like, well, what happened? You know, like you were here a week ago. I'm sorry, Matt. Uh, Thank you. And yeah, what she disclosed is that she didn't have an affair, but she wanted to. And that really put things into perspective that maybe she wasn't ready. But obviously that put me through the ringer. Yeah. And it was like last year, right between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Oh. So like, I'm not really a holiday person, but it was just like, God damn it. Like, this is a pretty rough time to be laying this on me. And then <laughs> then I also got COVID. So as soon as that happened... I got COVID over Christmas and had two weeks of quarantine by myself to just like dwell. Dwell on it. Ruminate. Yeah. Oh. So where are you now, man? Again, I'm feeling you so hard right now because I feel like those types of breakups and I've been cheated on and all these different things before and it's devastating, especially… It's more of the imagination. Totally. It's like the puzzle solving. Also, because you're envisioning this person jumping through fields, happy and like frolicking and and you're there on your couch like, you know. Yeah. When in reality, that's probably not happening, but we like to torture ourselves like that. Right. Yeah. Where are you now, my man? Like, how's your heart? So it's almost been a year since we've communicated at all at this point. And after we stopped talking, it was pretty rough and I kind of started wilding out and I had a pretty promiscuous and crazy summer. Good or bad? Uh, both. I don't know. I wasn't taking the best care of myself. A lot of drinking and partying and feeling sorry for myself. Some good times, some bad times. Yeah, trying to live out a George Jones song, basically. Yeah, I (laughs) So, like, you know, I just thought, like, I need to go get laid or whatever and, like, prove myself that, like, I am worthy of being wanted. And uh, now I'm just like, oh, well, that sucks. And all I've done along the way is like hurt other people's feelings, just trying to prove to myself that I have something, which kind of leads me back to where I was before I ever met uh, Sarah of like, maybe I'm just better off alone or something. Like, I don't know. Like, it's either like I'm too crazy and I spook people. You know what? It's actually interesting, dude, because I'm just going off my own personal experiences. But it's funny, this exact same person that did that to me where I gave so much, I felt, and then they dumped me and I was devastated. I was like on the floor crying in fetal position. Like, yeah, I was devastated (laughs) and thinking like I had no worth. I wasn't good enough. By the way, P.S., that's everybody's fear is, am I enough? Am I good enough? Am I worthy? Right. And we start to sort of do these things that in order for me to feel love, I have to be successful. I became a stalker. 
Yeah. She's like, what are they doing? What are they doing up there right now? Oh, my God. I would show up at like midnight at his fraternity. And the guys would just kind of feel sorry for me and walk me back to my dorm and maybe <laughs> on, try to make out with me, but also realizing that, oh, what a tragic figure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. But yeah, anyway, man, we carry these scars. It's crazy. And I was going to say like the promiscuousness and all that and like dating around again, going through that phase. I would just say that I understand how you feel in the sense of you're trying to find your worth in something else instead of just like within yourself, right? And then what I realized is that I don't, I don't, I'm not equating women to food, but it's this idea of like appetizers, right? <laughs> Where it's this like idea of like you're having all these like appetizers, you're kind of having this, having that, and you're never really fully like ready for the main course, right? And so at least for me, what helped me get through that breakup, get through that heartbreak, get through that cycle of feeling like I was worthless and useless was not being with anybody for a while and really focusing in on like myself. And it sounds so self-help and all that kind of stuff that we hear all the time. But really genuinely being in a place where like, I'm actually very much okay being by myself and being with myself, more importantly. Yeah. And then what ends up happening is that you attract that person. Like, you're going to be like, actually, no, I'm not supposed to be alone. I'm actually supposed to be with somebody. And there they fucking are. It's going to be fantastic, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's true that in certain head spaces, it's really hard to receive love generously. Yeah. That took me a minute to realize, oh, yeah, I want to be loved in this specific way. And what I really love about talking with you two gentlemen is that you're both romantics. I feel like in your hearts, like you crave companionship just like I do. Here's what I think, and I hope that this kind of comforts you on a broad scale. People were really reflecting a lot on their family, their past trauma, and then suddenly there's like this idea that we've like reopened and everyone felt the need to make a drastic decision. Like, where's my future going? Right. Suddenly it's like somebody shoved us right into the deep end and is like, okay, swim now. Like I felt this kind of panic of like, well, what's going to happen now as opposed to the reflection upon the past? Does that make sense? Yeah. I find it kind of comforting just to think that we're not alone in these feelings. Is it of comfort to you? to think about if you've romanticized Sarah. Does that make sense? No, yeah, it certainly does. I mean, I guess I'm still so close to her. I'm like, I think I'm remembering it accurately. But yeah, I mean, I'm sure I kind of romanticized it as it was going. Yeah. Like I said, before the pandemic, I'd spent about three years after a six-year relationship with somebody where we lived together. We were total domestic partnership. How did that end? That Ended with just by the time we hit our 30s, you know, people change and we just start growing apart kind of thing. In terms of that breakup, was that just more of like the tires are worn down as opposed to a heartbreak? Oh, no. No. Oh, well, Matt, you're romantic. No, no, no. You're such a great guy. <laughs> Unfortunately, it got so stressful within the relationship and I wasn't giving her what she needed that she started drinking a lot. And then once she would drink, we would get in some pretty intense fights and like I'd get kicked out of the house and get the cops called on me and like all kinds of stuff. <laughs> what a great person you are that you led with. I wasn't giving her what she needed. Like there's all kinds of shades in that story. But the fact that you led with that is just amazing. Thank it you. just really shows so much character. There's this expression I like to use is motion equals emotion. The way you move directly affects the way you feel. And one of the fastest ways to change the way you feel is the way you move your body. And I know that sounds kind of simplistic, 
But I really freaking believe in it because like you said, you know, you were sick, you were there ruminating. It's like our brains are going a million miles an hour. And as guys, bro, we don't talk a lot, but this thing is going off like a nuclear bomb constantly. But the fastest way to change that is honestly, I would recommend like finding things that just get you moving physically and sweating and breathing heavy. And like, I know for me, like hitting like a punching bag or something like that just feels good as a guy. That's true. And it's simplistic and you hear it and you're like, okay, all right, all right. And also too, I had a friend who lived with me and he was with this girl from Australia and he was in love with her and she broke his heart and he was in this funk for two years. I was like, dude, come live with us. Like it was like that bad. I was like, you need to come live with us. And he did and he'd wake up and he was moping around and I almost like made him do shit. I was like, bro, we're going on a run. We're doing this. And he would start taking, you know, Sarah would have loved this. I said, shut the fuck up. I was like, <laughs> I was like, no. That is awesome. What a great friend you are. For like the first month, I would like listen. I was like, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then it became like, okay, now I'm enabling him. I was like, no, you need to get over it. You need to stop thinking about it. We need to go do this. And I just started being kind of like strict with him. Like, no. Yeah. That's amazing. You're right about the hamster wheel. And yeah. well, I want you to think if you can about the future instead of trying to figure out the puzzles. Yeah, the past does not equal the future. That's the damn sure, bro. Honestly, as painful and as brutal as it is, it's like, I can close that chapter. I mean, it might be hard, but difficult, but chapter close. And I think really focus on you, brother. Like you're a beautiful man. Like you have yeah. a beautiful heart. You. You, have, yes. you have great, great qualities already just through this small conversation we're having. And you have so much to offer. You have so much love to give. When you start being congruent, like I can be this, I can do that. I can have better habits. You're doing things that you're like proud of yourself for. You know, maybe it's drinking less. Maybe it's not going out doing certain things. Maybe it's taking up different hobbies. Maybe it's being more active. You find fun in different ways. Yeah. Because obviously, the way that you've been finding fun hasn't been fulfilling you, right? Yeah. This is actually making me feel worse about myself. Right. This is not working. So drastic changes make drastic changes, you know? Yeah. Get drastic with it, man. I would say, like, start cutting things out. Start adding things in that make big shifts in your life that make you feel like things are changing, you know, that like, okay, this is different. Because if it's just like small little things here and there, you might not notice it, you know, and then you might not appreciate it. But if you make drastic changes, you're going to really notice those things. And you're gonna be like, you know what? Hell yeah, I'm freaking badass. And like, I got lots to give, I lost to offer. And Sarah, who? I don't even know. That was cool, yeah. you know, but um, anyways, I feel your heart, bro. I feel your heart. And I just want you to know that. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. And Matt, do you work at the office like five days a week? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And do you live in like an urban area? Yeah. In your letter, you write that you've done like the dating app thing. We talked to a lot of callers about kind of how shitty it makes you feel and how non-committal and they're programmed, right? So like just keep you on there. Yeah, it's a pit of despair. Yeah, there's no way to not feel shitty about yourself. Yeah, it's just weird. It's, you know, a lot of folks that are kind of all window shopping. And that's strictly all you're doing. You get like a small one or two sentences and pictures and you're like, okay. And then you meet people. And there was one instance where I ended up hooking up with somebody in the bathroom after two hours of meeting them off of the app. And that was kind of hot or not. It was cool. It was fun. I tried to date them for a while, you know, so like going back to like trying to find myself after Sarah and I split was like, well, she thought I was a little too crazy or something. And so then I was like, I'll show everybody how crazy I can be. And I was like trying to find people my speed. So I was like dating a lot of like ex-sex workers or people that are like kind of like. So like you were drawn to kind of people with a bit of trauma. Yeah. 
but then it becomes like a cycle yeah. going around again. And I'm trying to make myself better. I don't need to find somebody else with like the same trauma as me and we hash through it together or something, you know, because it just ends up once you start working through that together and you start growing apart, then it sucks. Yeah. And like no one's happy. Yeah. You know, it sounds like you already know that those things that you've been trying to like fill you up with something are not really filling you up, right? Yeah. You're like, it's cool. But then afterwards, you're like, now what, right? It's very unfulfilling. I don't know, man. I think it's really getting yourself to like a person you like, I would want to date me. I would want to be with me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you attract what you are essentially. You know what I mean? So it's like making those shifts, I guess. And I guess it could be hard too, because I think that maybe like meeting people are in those like environments where you feel like you need a drink and go out and get loose and crazy. Yeah. I would just challenge you maybe to like find different environments because proximity is so important, right? To meet people. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's funny because like while I was thinking of the letter that I was writing is like, is this a situation where you like dress for the job you want, not the job you have sort of thing, you know, like not speaking of fashion, but like, you know, if I'm just chasing people that I'm like, oh, you're on my level, then that gets tired. So it's like kind of like trying to better myself. It's a hard thing to gauge. I was thinking you could start taking some road trips or set some time for travel. Yeah, I love travel. I used to play in touring bands and used to be out all the time. And then you know, pandemic hit and kind of put the kibosh on all that. What instruments do you play when you play in the band? I play synthesizer and guitars. Awesome. What kind of music would you predominantly play? Usually kind of in the post-punk, like New Order, The Cure kind of stuff. Oh, dope. And I'm actually in a group now that's kind of, they call it trip hop, I guess, which I didn't really know was a thing coming back. But it's like, if you're familiar with a band called like Portishead from the 90s, it's kind of just like heavy, melodramatic, but also melodic music, typically female fronted. So you still play that. I was going to say, don't ever like put that down. You know what I mean? No matter what, even if it's just like you're just hanging out. That's awesome. Yeah. I love playing music. I play drums and piano and guitar and stuff. It's so healing. Yeah. It's been a journey like through the pandemic of kind of like feeling like it was the most selfish thing I could do. Like once everything closed down, I was like, what the hell? I'm going to like write music. It was really lame to like. I'm going to write these songs about my broken heart and then go play them on stage or whatever. So I was kind of like, fuck music or fuck doing this. It's selfish. And now I realize it's like, oh no, that's the thing that like is my medicine. Like I don't care about being famous from it. That's not what it's about. Whatever we're usually in pain or we're suffering, we're usually thinking about ourselves. Right. Whenever you're feeling like crap, you'll be like, oh, I'm obsessing about myself, really. You know? And so yeah. one of the fastest ways to change that too is like, how can I go serve somebody and help somebody? You instantly totally. feel good. I'm sure you know that feeling when, you know, you hold the door at the elevator. Yeah. It's small things like yeah. that, but like bigger things as well. But by the way, going back to the art thing, I used to have that fear of like, what am I doing? Like, what's the point of this? I don't know if you've seen it. But look it up after this. It's fantastic. It's like a TED Talk thing, but it's Ethan Hawke talking about the importance of art. And the idea, you know, it seems frivolous, it seems not important until you have a broken heart. Right. And then all of a sudden, art becomes an essential. Yeah. It becomes so important. This will be a great reminder of like, hey, you know what? Creating art is very important. Yeah. But Matt, I'm wondering about travel. Have you traveled alone? A little bit. Yeah, I have. It's lonely, but it can be awesome. I have like an old van and uh, that's one of the things that I kind of got into during the pandemic was like this vanning community. It's like the old school ones, like with the shag carpeting on the inside and shit. And oh, like, awesome. It's goofy. Like they travel all over the country for like certain shows and it's really great. And like hitting the road by myself is 
like one of the best things, like throw my dog in the van and just like go. Yeah. I can see you kind of smiling and getting excited about like, when you even think about your van and like hitting the road. Yeah. But like Santa Fe, Sedona, you know what I mean? One of the trips I did last was Marfa and Marfa kind of changed my perspective. And awesome. Just the whole vibe is mine and like I really love it. But I also have friends in 29 Palms who have been like, you got to come out here and you can just like live in our backyard. And I'm like, totally. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like take some action on this. Yeah. It'll be really good for you. Yeah. And prioritize it in your life. Because change is scary, but it's great. And I totally encourage you to, I don't know, plan a trip to Italy, get a good guidebook, like have adventures. Definitely during the winter, head down to the desert. It's awesome. You're going to love like the vistas at 29 Palms. Have you been there before? I have not. Oh, it's grungy and sandy and dusty and incredible. Yeah. It's the desert and there's just something pretty amazing about that. Don't you think, Derek? Oh, man. I'm from the desert. I'm from Utah. So, like, going to Arches and Bryce Canyon and Zion, like, that's grounding. You know, going back into nature is the best medicine. It shifts your perspective of, like, we're worrying about all these things. And, and then you just, like, look at a cliff or a mountain or a wave in an ocean. You're like, nothing really matters. Like, how I make it matter. You know what I mean? Right. It's just humbling. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I've been like a national park guy forever, but I've barely been to any, oddly enough. Oh, I'm so excited for you, Matt. Yeah. Have you been in Yosemite? Uh, no. I am telling you right now, it's one of those things where you want to have a major shift of just an experience, right? Because experiences can shift you. Like, man, if you can, it is one of the most just, it blows your mind. It just blows your mind. Every time I go there, it's healing, man. It really is. And you're a person who clearly appreciates nature, appreciates the outdoors appreciates that kind of beauty. And I don't know. I think those types of trips are unbelievable. I totally agree. And your dog's going to love it. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited for you. Yeah. This is going to be awesome, Matt. I mean it. Yeah. See if you can take some more time off work and just make this a priority in your life. I actually already making plans for some stuff in the summer of heading to the Rockies. I love this. But listen, though, can you do anything sooner, even if it's a weekend? It feels a little too far, Mac. I wonder if you can take like a three or four day weekend. Yeah. Imagine you want to drive for like six, seven hours just to go spend a night at a motel, whatever, and then drive back. Like, could you drive for six, seven hours? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> I love it. Like, truly, like, order, like, a big roadmap of the entire country. It's so much better than using, like, ways because you can get truly a sense of all the weird local attractions and different routes. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I'm trying to. Yeah, no, but I'm worried you're not trying hard enough. No, you're right. And I, I definitely need to. I need to do it. Yeah. I will say one more little thing to that I think is really simple shift. I think it's helped a lot in some things in my life, perhaps. You know, we always say we should do stuff. I should do that more often. I should do this. I should take care of myself more. I should go on more trips. What well, we should all over ourselves instead of like turn the shoulds into musts. Yeah. I must go on more trips. I must do this. I must. Yes. 
And just that little word shift can change the intensity of it. Totally. I must do this. Right. It's like we've lost our ability to be spontaneous to a degree. Yeah. And I want that for you. Yeah. And that sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, guys. It's been a pleasure, brother. You're a great guy. Like, you got a great heart. And, like, just keep reminding yourself of that. You know what I mean? Truly. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. I love your future. And I want you to, like, focus on it. Yeah. Matt, thanks again. Thank you. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate you too. Thanks so much. Thanks, Matt. Take Take care, care. brother. You were so good at this. That was like amazing for me uh, to hear you. And you said a lot of really wonderful, beautiful things. Will you tell us about a hardship in your life and sort of conquering that idea, whether it's career or family or whatever, And then I also wanted to ask you, I think they're kind of linked. I wanted to explore the idea of the conservative family and a reaction to your career. Because I was watching you on Jimmy Fallon, and you mentioned something like you were doing this awesome dance. (laughs) So I kind of wanted to explore that. I mean, there's been a lot. There's been a lot of different types of things. Um, I'm trying to sugarcoat this. That's why I'm trying trying to apply it. I think my biggest hardship I've faced, to be a little bit vague, is not being congruent with the person I know I could be. And I know that sounds kind of vague, but basically there being behaviors or situations or environments or whatever it was where I knew that's not who I really want to be, who I want to become. And that sort of identity struggle, you know, that battle within ourselves and within myself where I was kind of like, I really genuinely do not like the person that I am. I don't like me. I don't like who I am. I don't like who I'm looking at. I just don't like this person. You get to a place where you feel like you don't want to live with this person anymore. And you don't want to be with this person anymore, with yourself. Uh And it's a very scary place to be, you know. And I've had a lot of friends who, even recently, unfortunately, died by suicide. And that's been something in my life. At 15 years old, I experienced very intimately with somebody close to me. And being in a place where you could romanticize the idea is very scary. And even recently has been amplified because people close in my life took that step. And it kind of makes you afraid of like yourself being in those places. So I think that's why I get really passionate and I get really driven by this human experience. And people always say like, hey, man, well, you sound like you're so positive and you have all these. I'm like, I really think I am. I try to be because I really seeking a lot because it doesn't just come natural. I've been in some dark places where I've had to really claw myself out with help and with tools and wisdom and things. So yeah, that wasn't like a specific experience. It was really kind of amazing though. Thank you. Yeah. And it's kind of beautifully reflective of all the advice you gave us. The discipline almost of like the future of thinking about what we're capable of, thinking about the joy that we could choose. I know for me, like there's a good sort of analogy where we still have this like old brain. Uh-huh. It's looking for danger. It's like, we're looking for the saber-toothed tiger. We're looking for danger. Totally. And now we live these very comfortable lives. We have heating and water and cars and homes. But we still have that old brain where we're looking for what's wrong. And so it's just a default that our old brain is sort of designed to do is look for what's wrong, look for what's dangerous. And we just have to understand that and not be hard on ourselves. It's doing what it's designed to do. I just have to be aware of that and be like, okay, we're good. Everything's fine. We're all right. Totally. I think that's amazing advice that I need to also remember. Yeah, there's joy. This is a beautiful day. It's just a gorgeous day. Yeah. Okay, so one last question. And is Haley home? 
She's walking around. I think she just walked out for a second. Okay. Well, yeah, let me know because I would love to say congratulations to her and talk to you guys about a honeymoon. Yeah. <laughs> we just shot this really great photo shoot and video shoot because we're going on tour. Yes. Please tell us. Yes. You're going on tour. Yeah. No, it's really cool because, you know, we met on tour, but we've never been on tour together since we've been together. And I haven't been on the road in four years. I'm so excited to like go on the road be on the tour bus, go into these cities all around the country for one night only, you know, in these cities and perform. Well, I've never done anything like that. I mean, I've done like some press tours for like two weeks or whatever, and you're bouncing all around and it's exhausting. But what do you anticipate the challenges being? Just the health, you know, it's just staying healthy because the shows that I create are so unbelievably demanding because I really try to put on the best show possible. I have live band, incredible dancers. I mean, it's such an athletic show. And all the different types of music from like big band music to like contemporary. There's just every genre of music you can possibly think about. And every genre of a dance you can think about with all the costumes. I gotta go. I gotta go see the show. It's amazing. Every person that's coming to see the show, I think that they feel that energy. And, and that's one of those things that I really try to give every single night. You know, it's an amazing experience. And then to be able to share with my fiance. By the way, we're going to be planning the wedding during the tour. So that's going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> It's going to be great. Just focus on the honeymoon. <laughs> it's going to be great. It's going to be a wild summer. And we all have like this Jack and Jill party before it. So it's like Jack and Jill party. We have this really cool, fun trip planned. We go on this amazing tour we cannot wait for. How impressive. Do you have a name for it yet? I'm kind of messing around with it right now. But one of the names I'm playing with is Symphony of Dance. And the reason why I've kind of gotten to that name, at first I was like, Symphony, what is that? But like our bodies as dancers, that's our instrument, right? So like we play the music with our bodies, but there are instruments. And in, in the symphony, there's four parts. They're called movements. And each of those movements sort of lends itself to a different style of dance. So all the genres of music will be very rock and roll, Motown, whatever it is. It's like everything, all in this one show. Hey, babe, want to come say hi real fast? Hi, Haley. You look gorgeous and congratulations. Oh, thank you so much. You're so sweet. I have been telling your fiance that you guys need to plan the honeymoon for the day after the wedding. You know what? So many people have told us that because they're like, if you don't do it immediately, you're going to come up with a thousand excuses why you shouldn't. So they're like, you have to do it right away. Totally. So prioritize that. That is truly important advice. I'll let you guys both go. But Haley, I want to come see your show, though. Yes, yes, please do. Oh, my gosh. Yes, when we're in L.A. Yeah. Please come. I would love that. It's been such a pleasure just, like, talking with you and getting to know you a little bit on this. And I look forward to us continuing the blossom. Me, too. I so appreciate you both. I love you both. And I'm so excited for your future. Thank you for everything. Thank you guys so much. All the best. <laughs>